0: talking today, if y'all got your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Sound like it's ringing a little bit. It it may be my ears, I don't know. I can't get any further away from it. Follow me around. Go to Mark, chapter 4, and verse 14. Everybody there? Mark 4 and 14, it says, The sower soweth the word. Now, who is a sower? God. God is a sower. God has sown his word. Um, this, whole, this whole chapter of Mark 4 talks about God's word and its ability for the 30 60 and 100 fold increase in our life if we choose it's up to us he's already laid out if, if we choose to receive this 100 fold increase based upon what his word says and what his word says we have and what his word says we can do and what his word says we have authority over it's up to us but the increase the, the what we get out of it how we study it how we meditate on it that, that's up to us but God's already sown the word um, I got some notes here so I don't jump around because I'm, I'm good at jumping around if I don't have them. But Psalms 119 and 11, it's King David says, His word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And uh, if y'all want to go to, you don't have to turn there, but Psalms 119 and 105, I'll go there right quick. I'll just read these before we can kind of move along. thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, here again, we're talking about God's word. In Mark chapter 4, is where we're at. Starting in uh, verse 14. And again, I'm going to reiterated some of these things I say, but this chapter is talking about God's word and its ability. If we choose, to produce a 30, 60, or 100 fold return in our life. And if it's if it's producing that kind of return in our life, then guess what? It's affecting everybody in our life that we come in contact with. So if I have a 30, 60, 100 fold return on on the revelation of God's word that I'm able to speak in somebody else's life and have an impact on them. So it's not just a one dynamic thing, it's it just spreads, okay? So that's that's what we that's what we're talking about today. John, you don't have to go there either. Uh, but John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, uh, and, and I've got this wrote down out of the Amplified Bible. Uh, it says, Can you pull it up on the screen up there? It says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings, and live in accordance with them you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free can somebody say hallelujah Hallelujah. can somebody say revival Revival. can somebody say refreshing, Refreshing. renewing Renewing. you know Pastor L.A. said if you want revival then where you need to start is draw a circle and step in it and start right there so revival starts with us Now I'm, I'm not opposed to revival I mean I, I like a good revival But What are you going to do when, when, when the man of God comes in and, and preaches three to five days And then he's gone What then What are you going to do Well, it, start, it, it falls back on me Are you going to just follow him around He's going to the next town You're going to go to the next town and follow him That's, that's, that's following a man that's not following the man, that's following a man. So revival starts with me. Uh, now, again, we know that God has sown his word. Because verse 14, Mark 4:14 4, said, the sower soweth the word. Okay? God has already sown the word. Now, if he has sown the word. Do you, do you think he's going to hide it from you? Do you think he's going to keep it from you? Do you think he's going to put it somewhere where you can't find it? Do, do, how, how many of you, when you leave church on Sunday, you go to your mother's house to have a meal, and, and she says, come on, I've got dinner cooked, but you go to the house and you can't find the dinner. I mean, she's gonna cook the meal. She's gonna provide the meal, and then and then hide it from you where you can't find it. No, you're gonna go in. But then here comes the effort on your part. You gotta sit down. You gotta eat it. Okay. You gotta eat it. You got to swallow it. Then you got to digest it. And then the nutrition, the nutrients, everything that comes from the food, and that's when it starts to work in your body. But it takes effort on your part. So God works through us through the Holy Spirit and none of us can actually know what this word means I mean we have reasonability we have the power to reason things within ourselves but to actually get the revelation it comes from the Holy Spirit Um, and there again God does not hide his word from us Uh, If you will, go to Proverbs chapter 2. Everybody that has their Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 2. And this is Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to go start in verse 6 and read 7. But this Proverbs chapter 2 is referring to Mark 4 and 14. And I'm, I've just got it wrote down out Amplified. It says, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous. Say righteous. righteous. Say, I am the righteous of God. But I am the righteous of God. Okay. I'm going to start again. For the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and integrity. So God does not hide his word from us. He hides it for us. Okay, now why does he hide it from us, or for us? Um, well, let me ask you another question. Brother Langston, when you, when you speak in tongues, when, you, when you're speaking, do you understand what you're saying? No. But who does? He does? By the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So he is not hiding his word from us, he hides it for us. This wisdom and knowledge that he's talking about in Proverbs 2, 6, and 7, which refers to Mark chapter 4, verse 14, and so or so with the word. This wisdom and knowledge, this is a promise to us. Okay? This is another promise that God, he provides it, he hides it for us. This wisdom and knowledge is just another aspect of our inheritance that we receive from God. This wisdom and knowledge. And if we choose, there's no limit to where we can go with it. Uh, Mark 4, and, uh, tw- and I'm trying to hurry through this because I got a lot of scripture here to read, but I want to try to, to uh, make you understand and, and maybe bring some light on the, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not unattainable. He has, he, has, he has placed this word in our lives that we have a better quality of life that we, we can accomplish the thing that he has called us to do. To, to not live and be always with the mindset that I have to live with what I've got. I have to settle for it. We don't have to settle for it. There is nothing that you, if you want more than what you've got, then here we go, we're talking about the works, okay? And I'm not talking about a works mentality. There's not enough work you can do to earn your righteousness, okay? God has already, we're righteous because of what Jesus has already done. But there is a certain amount of work required on our part to go further, to go to tap into this thing. Um, you know, uh, Lori and Britson Barker, when they was here, they, sh- they had some videos up there. Uh, they're missionaries down in Guatemala. Uh, you seen them backpacking. They were tracking how many miles, eight miles, I can't remember how far it was. They had to walk with backpacks up the hill, down the hill, all kind of terrain to get just so they could preach the word of God, just so they can minister. So there is a certain amount of effort that is required on our part. We can't just sit back and just not never turn the page and it just fall into us. I mean it's not going to work. There is a certain amount of effort on our part that it requires us to get closer to God. He is not He is not away from us. He is not apart from us, but our Sometimes things getting in the way, uh, things not going our way, you know, things getting on your mind keeps us away from God, and that's, that's not what He wants. He wants Him to be the center, just like we we're singing. God is to be the center. And if we put God in the center, then everything else will take care of itself. Amen. Um, so God is not hiding His word from us but he hides it for us, okay? Now, if you're back in Mark, go to chapter, go to, back to chapter 4, verse 21. And it, I'll read this out of the King James. It says, a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick. In other words, are you going to have a candle and light it and then take it and set it where it can't be seen, where it can't be used for what it's used for? That's what he's referring to right here. God is not going to sow his word and then hide it from us. He is not going to do it. He is not going to place in his word. and this, He is not going to sow his word for us and then place it somewhere out of reach. It's all up to us to tap into this word. Now, we cannot fully understand and grasp this on our own. It takes the revelation of the Holy Spirit to reveal us the deep and, and secret things that's hidden in this thing. It takes the Holy Spirit. You know, I remember a couple, I don't know, it may have been three or four years ago, Pastor L.A. was here. And, uh, you know, it's it's great to be saved. I mean, that's, that, is, that is the goal, to be saved, to have that salvation, he said. And you're going to go to heaven. He said, but I suggest if you plan to live on this earth at any length of time that you... You find the Holy Spirit," Amen. he said. "You can go to heaven without the Holy Spirit, you know, operating in you." He said, "But if you suggest, I suggest, if you live on this earth any length of time, to get the Holy Spirit, because it is a help, it is a comfort, it's peace, it's joy, it's love, it's, it's revelation. That's how these things are revealed." And I'm getting ahead of myself. And it says, "I'm going to go to uh, 21 right here. I've got it wrote down in the amplified." Mark chapter 4 and verse 21. And he said unto them, Is the lamp brought to be put under a peck measure or under a bed? Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be made known. You say, God's not hiding his word from me. God is not hiding his word. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals. Uh, Go to John chapter 16. And we'll start at verse 12. I've got a lot of scriptures, but I just, I'm not doing a lot of elaborating on them. I want to get these scriptures across and I'll try to bring this thing to a close, to wrap it up at the end in a neat little package where maybe... Y'all can understand what I'm, what the Lord laid on my heart. God has not kept his word from us. The sower, God, has sown his word for us. He has hid his word for us. He hasn't hidden it from us. He has hid his word for us. The only way we're going to actually tap into what this word, the revelation of this word, is through the Holy Spirit. Amen. John chapter 16. If everybody's there in verse 12, and I'm, I've got this written down out to amplify too, it's just easier sometimes for you to grasp the meaning it is for me. Um, I might not be as advanced as some of y'all are, but anyway, uh, John chapter 16, and we'll start at verse 12, and this is Jesus. I have still many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or to take them upon you or to grasp them now. But when the Spirit of truth The truth-giving spirit comes. He will guide you into all the truth, the whole, full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell you whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. And he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come, that will happen in the future. Verse 14, he will... Honor and glorify me because he will take of, receive, draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, and reside and transmit it to you. So Jesus says to his disciples, Look, there's still many things that I have to tell you. There's still a lot of things that you need to know. But right now, you're not going to be able to comprehend it. Right now, you don't understand it. He says, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he will reveal it to you. He will not be on his own authority, but he will be speaking what he hears the Father speak. He will say what he he hears the Father say by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, flip back over to Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. And here's, here's where it gets to where I was telling you it's our choice. Mark chapter 4 and 23, it says, if any man has what? If any man has what? Ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? Say, any man. Say, I am any man or woman. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Um. Mark 4 and 23, here's what it says in Amplified. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. Any man is me. That means it is God. It is not up to God. It's up to us. It is our choice if we choose He says, any man, any man, anybody, if you choose, let him hear. Okay? Let him hear if you choose. All right, Mark 4 and 24, out of Amplified, it says, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more will be given to you who have, to you who hear. Now then 25 it says for he that has for he that has to him shall be given. Now what is, for he that has what? ears. For he that has ears to him shall be given. And he that has not what? ears to hear from him shall be taken away. For he that has ears to hear, it shall be given. Say, it's up, to me. it's up to me. It's up to me. For he that has ears to hear, it shall be given. For he that has ears not, it shall be taken away. Now, who takes it away? Who takes it away? Not God. It just says he's sown it for us so if God doesn't take it away, then who takes it away? The devil. God has already done and provided. It's our decision. God has already sown. We are not waiting on God. So he says he has sown the word. If we have ears to hear, then let us hear. And he that has, who has not ears to hear, it says it will be taken away from. Now, the ears that we have to hear are these, of course. But it's talking about this inside, this inside man, this spirit man. This is what, this is the way you're gonna comprehend it. This is the way you're gonna receive it. This is the way that the knowledge comes, that the revelation comes. It's only through the Holy Spirit. I mean, we can, we can we can comprehend it somewhat, but to actually read these same verses that I've been reading, and all of a sudden, bam, something just pops out that you've never seen before. That didn't just come by flesh and blood. That come only through the Holy Spirit. Only through the Holy Spirit. So, now, we know that God has sown the Word. We know that this Word is available for anybody who chooses to hear it. We know this Word is available to reveal to, to anybody who chooses to listen through the Holy Spirit. It's up to us. So now, we know that if you have ears to hear, the Bible says, let him hear. He that hath not ears to hear, it shall be taken away. So we know God so but he knows he's not, not, not going to take it away. So who takes it away? The devil. What did David say? Thy word I have hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. So right here, we're going to go back to uh, verse, start with verse 15. Um, It says, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure. But for a time afterward, when affliction and persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So right there in 15, it, said, it starts and said, And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. That's like, you know, when, when, when you have an altar call, the word is being brought forth, uh, and then you have an altar call, you know, who hasn't received the Lord as uh, Lord of their life, as their Savior? You have some that, that respond to that, and you have some that have heard the same message, the same message of salvation, and they just, their hearts are hardened, and they just walk away. That's what this scripture right here is talking about. It is a choice. You can hear the same word Langston, Brother Langston hears and how you receive it and what you do with it. That's You may choose to do one way and Brother Langston do another. It's a choice. It's not up to God. He's already provided. He's already sown. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. So some do receive it. Some do receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction and persecution persecution arises. For the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Then what happens? Well, you know, this, this Jesus thing, this thing was good for a little while, but now I can't, I can't go out with my friends tonight. I can't do what I used to do. I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. So I don't. You know, this. this, You know, this word thing, this Jesus thing. I don't. You know, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just do what I've been doing. It says they are offended for the word's sake, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some what? 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So basically, from verse 15 to 20, he talks about four different types of people, four different ways of, of the same word having an effect on people four different ways. It's a choice. It's a choice. The choice is up to us. I would rather have that 30, 60, or 100-fold return in my life from this word than to just have it thrown by the wayside or to, to, you know, this issue get in the way or that issue get in the way or, you know, well, you know, the Bible says to owe no man nothing except to love him. Be a lender, not a barter. Okay, that means, well, we need to get out of debt. If we can't afford this right now, we don't need to borrow the money to, to, uh, to get this. But the world says, go ahead and borrow the money. Go ahead and pay 10 12% interest on it. And if you can't pay that off, well, just get another loan to pay that one off, and then you have two loans. So, you know, here, here, here's what the world says. But this is not what the word says. Okay? So the things of this world get you caught up. Debt, you know, life. Just life in general. I mean, how many of you have kids in here? How many have gone through things with your kids? Have been concerned about your kids? Have been, you know, whatever. How many of you have have family? Just whatever. You know, how am I going to get to work? I don't have gas in my car. All these things that if we haven't studied and we haven't dug in and we haven't received revelation on this word, that gives us the overwhelming peace, overwhelming joy, in spite of anything that comes our way, or anything that may come our way, this is what happens. You fall by the wayside, you get down, you get you just lose track of things, and then and then, then that's when the devil comes and steals. Because you get preoccupied. You don't stay, you don't let the sinner be the center. I was telling Brother Mars Wednesday night, uh, over there his daughter's house for a connect group I said you know this morning when I got up I said I heard it just as loud and just as clear as I'm talking to you it said let the things that matter matter I mean just just, just like I said Langston let the things that matter matter that's just the way I heard it just like that I'm like well, well what matters well my relationship with God matters number one Amen. that's first that's, that's, that's first. I've told Ryan and my son Ryan uh, in faith, they're, they're engaged to be married in December. And I said, look, Ryan, if, if you want to have a successful marriage, first, your relationship with God has got to come before your relationship with your wife. And then your wife comes. But your relationship with God comes first. Every day, you seek God. Every day, you you walk with God. You talk with God. You put God first. You study, study God's word. The word that he has already sown, the word that he has already made available, already had made available to us, already made available for us, he has already sown it. It is our choice what we're going to do with it. It is our choice. How many of you are going to go and buy a vehicle for your kids and, and, and hide it from them? Well, I got you a vehicle, but you can't have it. You know, how's it going to get you back to where you got to go? I mean, it's not. You're going to yeah, you're gonna have to walk. So, <laughs> but God has not hid his word from us. He has hid it for us. But the only way that we truly are going to be able to access this word and tap into this word is through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And there again, that is our choice. And I know I'm being redundant, but I want to just drive this. It is our choice. It's nobody else's responsibility of how Brother Langston grows in the Word except for him. It is his choice. Now, yeah, I'm here to encourage him. I'm here for him when, when he goes through trials and tribulations, when he goes through hard times. I'm here to, to pick him up. I'm here to stand with him. I'm here to pray with him. I'm here to have his back no matter what. But at the end of the day, my granddaddy said that when the smoke cleared and the dust has settled, it's, it's going to be entirely up to Brother Langston of, of how his relationship is with God. It's not up to me. My relationship with God is up to me. It's not up to Brother Langston. It's up to each and every one of us as individuals. And if you're not happy where you're at in life, if you're not happy with your relationship with God, then tomorrow I suggest you do something different than what you've already been doing. Because it's up to us. It's not, I don't care how many sermons Pastor Lawrence gets up here and preaches, I don't care how many programs we have, the responsibility for our relationship with God, that one-on-one personal relationship with God is up to each and every one of us as individuals. Now, yet we encourage one another. We, we lift one another up. But that personal relationship, that where, when these things come, that it's not sown on stony ground. It's not sown, things in the world don't get in the way and, and snatch the word up because there's no root. That is our responsibility. That is our, each and every one of our responsibility. Now, um, he has already laid the, the, the increase out there. And it's up to us what we're going to do with it. We can receive this, this, this. some receive 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. That is not just a, that's not just a suggestion. That is the law. If you apply this word to your life, if you, if you govern your life by this word, if you seek God's word, if you seek the truth, Jesus said, if you know the truth, and what is the truth? This, if you know the truth, then it'll set you free. But if you don't know the truth, well, how are you going to know if you don't know? But the only way you're going to know is to dig in and find out. The only way you're going to know is to spend the time. You know, uh, uh, Brother Lawrence's friend that was here a month or so ago, uh, Thaddeus, he said the only thing that we have that, 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 that is ours, is our time. He said, if you're not where you're at, if you don't have the things that, that, that you have thought you would have by now, if, you're, if your relationship with God is not where it should be or where you want it to be, if things are not like you want them, if things are not the way they are, the way that you think they should be, the way that you want them, he said, then you just haven't put the time in. You just haven't put the time in. Now, and again, folks, I am not trying to lay down a condemnation, uh, condemnation message where I'm trying to get y'all in a works mentality. That's, that's, that's not what I'm trying to do. I want you to hear my heart. It's, it's up to us to receive what God has already placed in front of us. Yes, sir. It is up to us. He has already done everything he's done. It says, in the beginning, was the word, I was talking this morning, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then right on down a few verses later, it says the word was made flesh, which was Jesus. So this word just ain't just black and white and red letters written in a book. This thing right here is living and breathing and thriving and functioning today, just like it did when Jesus was walking the earth if we choose to let it in our life. But it is our decision. It's not going to jump off the page and make a difference in our lives if we don't apply what it says. And that takes effort. It takes standing. Galatians chapter 6 and 9 says, Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season, if you faint not, what? You'll reap the harvest. But in that standing, sometimes it gets tough. Sometimes it gets weighty. Sometimes it gets tired. That's why we have brothers and sisters that we can lean on. That's why we can go to the Word and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're not to fail. They are for you to prosper. If you don't know this stuff, you don't know it, so you're going to be whipped all your life. (laughs) Okay? I'm not putting anybody down. I'm I'm not trying to beat anybody down. I'm just saying there is a certain amount of responsibility that is on each and every one of our lives that is going to affect not only me, but the more I dig into this word, the more I dig into this and, and study it, the more revelation I have in it, the more freedom I'm going to have because it says knowing the truth will make you free, will set you free. So if, if, if I'm more free, if I have more revelation than this, so it's naturally it's going to affect my wife because she's part of me. It's going to affect my kids. It's going to affect one day my grandkids. It's not just affecting me. What you do today and what you do tomorrow and what you do down the road is not only affecting you, it's affecting the people's lives around you. So if you want a better uh, quality of life, if you want a higher standard of life, and I'm not just talking about financially, or or I'm talking about just freedom, just where you can get up in the morning and go, (sighs) and this is falling down beside you and that's falling down beside you and that's falling down in front of you and stuff is crashing down behind you, you can just sit there and go. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that you come and give your life for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you have set me free because the word says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, that is the freedom I'm talking about. Not, also, financial freedom. Being debt free. I mean, that's that's like a weight off your shoulder. Come on. I mean, and it, and the Bible says, be a lender and not a bargain. It says, owe no man nothing except to love him. Now, you know, are, <laughs> we have a note at the bank with our house. I don't, I don't feel condemned that I'm going to hell because I have a note at the bank. But I can tell you, there's a lot of other things I could be doing with that money. But I'm thankful for my house, okay? We're thankful. Now, let's, let's set this straight. We're thankful for our house. We're thankful for our cars. But the fact of the matter is, God's way of doing things is better than man's way of doing things. He don't just tell you to do this just so he can say, I'm the boss. This is the way you do it or else. He tells you because he loves us. He wants us to have better. He wants us to just to have no cares in the world except for to walk and talk and to just fellowship with him and to let that just spread out to others. That's what his desire is. He says, go ye in all the world, and preach the gospel. How are you going to know what the gospel is if you don't spend time in it? Jesus loves you. That's the biggest one of the things you can tell anybody. Hey, brother, Jesus loves you. But now, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, if you don't know that he forgives us as far as the east is from the west, if you don't know these things, you're going to be timid. You're not going to be confident. You're not going to have that courage, that godly courage. I'm not talking cockiness. I'm talking about courage to go up when you see a brother that's down or just somebody you don't even know. Go up to them and say, Brother, the Lord loves you. Now, what is that going to hurt? They either going to receive it or they not, but they're going to know the Lord loves them. That is what I'm talking about, having this freedom, but it's up to us. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. He that does not have, it shall be taken away. God's not taken away, but the devil takes it away. We cannot let the devil get that foothold in there. You know, you hear that, that saying, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Well, his main purpose, his main purpose is to, he knows he's already defeated. He knows he's going to hell. He doesn't even love himself. He can't stand himself. And if he can't stand himself, how can he stand anybody else? So those little things that he comes and puts in your head, all it is is just a trap. It's just something to keep you down. It's something to keep you away from God's Word. Well, nobody will know. Just go ahead and know. Somebody will. Somebody will know. But if you don't meditate on the Lord, if you don't if you don't have that relationship with God, then when the enemy comes and starts putting his stuff in there, that's that's the one that falls by the wayside, where it gets choked in the thorns and the thistle, the, 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 the not-so-good ground. That's what verse 14 says or uh, 15 through 20 is talking about. When we don't have that relationship with God, when we haven't sought after God, when we haven't meditated on the word, when we haven't waited on that Holy Spirit, that, that revelation, and I'm talking about revelation knowledge, and the only way we're going to have revelation knowledge is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our friend. It's a comfort. It is our helper. It, it is, it's, it's what I was talking about, when you can just everything is falling around you, you can just take a deep breath and smile. You know, you see some of the old cartoons, the old guy sitting there reading the newspaper and bullets is flying all everywhere and he just just sitting there reading the newspaper and flipping over, drinking his cup of coffee, bullets and hand dust is there, first one thing and another is going on, he just sitting there reading the newspaper. Gets through reading the newspaper, looks up and just everything is leveled out there and he just Haven't even paid any attention because the things of this world cannot harm us. They can can come against us. You know, in 16 and I think 33, uh, John 16 and 33 said, In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. The one that God has sown, the living, breathing word, that lives within me has overcome the world. So if the one that has overcome the world lives within me, then guess what? So can you overcome the world. I'm not saying that things are not going to come against us. They are. Believe me. He says in this world you will have tribulation. Whether it be a flat tire or whether it be one of the worst things you can think of, but things are going to come against you. That is just life. That's the world we live in. But we may be in this world but we don't have to partake of the things in this world. We may be in this world, but we're not of the world. Romans 12, I think, 10 and 12, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds." How are you going to renew your mind if you don't know what this word says? You renew your mind in this word, but it takes effort. It takes a, a legitimate effort. It takes thought on each and every one of our parts to say, okay, Lord, today, forgive me, I repent of just, and, and, and here again, guys, this is not a condemnation message. I, I'm talking to myself, too. I need to spend more time in this work. I don't know one of us that doesn't. But it's only gonna come by making a decision. The decision is ours. It's, it's nobody else's but ours. It is our decision. It's gonna take some effort. You can you can sit down and talk about things all you want. You can sit down and strategize about things all you want. You can sit down and have a plan about the strategies that you strategize about, but unless you actually get up and walk outside those doors and start doing it, it's not gonna happen. It takes effort. I mean everything that's worth doing takes effort. Whether it be in just quiet time with the Lord. That is a decision. That is a, de- a decision that we need to be making, having that quiet time with the Lord. I told Haley, you know, when leading worship, I said, Haley, the more time you spend with God, the more you know about God, the more time you meditate, the more time you study about Him, the more time you spend with God, the more time you are in His presence, it's going to be better worship the more you can worship him. How can you worship somebody if you don't know him? How can you get up there just like Langston does sometimes? And, and, and a lot of times I stand back there, you know, where the mic can't pick me up because I, most of the time I'm not singing what the song is. I'm, I'm singing to the Lord. You know, whatever, whatever comes out of my spirit, whatever rises up within me, how I want to praise the Lord, I'm singing to the Lord. And that can be, trust me, I know that can be a distraction to a praise and worship leader when you're trying to go one way and you got somebody back there just off, just him and the Lord and everybody else going, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But to be able to just sing that song. Psalm says to sing a new song. To be able to just come out and just sing that new song of praise to God. You can't do that if you don't have a relationship with him. You can't do that if you don't know who you're singing to. You know, I can tell you a lot of things about Timmy Spearman. He's my daddy. I have a relationship with him. He can tell you a lot of things about me. We have a relationship with one another. For 43 years now, we've been in relationship. Okay? There's a lot of life going on in 43 years. We We, we know one another in and out. Okay? But... The only way I know him and the only way he knows me the way we know one another is because we have spent time and we have a relationship with with each other. And that is the same way it is with God. If you don't spend time in his word, he has sown this word. If you don't spend time in this word that is sown, then you're not going to know what you can have. You're not going to know the authority that you have. You're not going to know the, the authority that you bring with you when you step into a place. Because the overcomer lives in you. If you don't know that, then when you go into Walmart, you have the authority to change the atmosphere in that place. Because the overcomer lives in us. And the same power, say the same power, that rose Jesus from the dead. The same power that rolled the stone away lives in us. Hallelujah. So you don't think that power can't change something? Yes, it is. I mean, this, this this power that rose Jesus from the dead, when he rose Jesus from the dead, he rose the whole world, because the sin of the whole world was on Jesus. The sin of the whole world, not just in that day and time, but from that time from the time to come, even to now, that sin was on him. That same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. God, I'm going to tell you something. That's that's almost uh, (laughs) overwhelming. How can that power walk around inside this body? How? Well, I really don't know. I don't understand it, but I know it does because that's what the Word says. I know it does because this word is truth. And to only get, to get the revelation, I can, I, can, I can see that at a distance a lot of times. I understand it. But do any of us actually really operate in that? When you just walk into Walmart and bam, that big ass comes out on your chest. You know, spirit, not Superman, spirit. <laughs> I mean, guys, it, it, is, it is life changing. The sower has already sown the word. It's already made available for us. It is up to us to receive it. It is up to us to cultivate it. Now, the Holy Spirit will come and shed light on that. The Holy Spirit will give you revelation on that. But it is up to us to meditate on that. Uh, Let me go go right back here. Uh, Verse 24, Mark chapter chapter 4, verse 24. 23 said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. 24 says, take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall be more given. So in the Amplified, it says, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study Okay, this is that amplified. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more will be given to you who hear. So there again he's saying, it's up to you. It is up to you. You can receive a hundredfold return on this word, or you can receive a zero return on this word. If you choose, he said, I have already sawn it. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to you to get what we get out of this word through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And I just cannot reiterate, guys. I can't. I can't stress enough that you know until Jesus comes back, you know. Uh, we ain't seen nothing yet, you know that may be frightening to some of you that may fear may grip you, but the truth is, he has overcome the world, and the overcomer lives in us, says so greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world now. You can take this and and just let it be another message, or you can take it and, you know, it's up to you. But I'm telling you, we have to make a decision on our own. God has already done everything that he can do. Ever since the beginning of time, ever since Adam and Eve, it was God's desire for man to walk and talk and fellowship and, and to just... Have relationship with man. That's why man was created. That is the reason man was created. Then you have sin entering in the world because the man didn't step up and be the man. Okay. Even though he had done, he had walked with God, he had talked with God, he had been with him ever in the cool of the day. You know, do I God do I need to set the temperature different? Is, is there enough there enough water flowing through the stream? You know, just whatever. I mean, just just daily chatter. Nothing real deep. Just Lord, I love you. Well, son, I love you too. Lord, I'm glad I'm glad I know you. Well, son, I'm glad I know you. I'm talking about just man, just 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 fellowship. Nothing these and thous and all this stuff. It was just fellowship. And then you have sin enter the world. You have the fall of man. And then from the fall of man until now, God has done everything that he can. He has already done everything that he needs to for us to never be apart from him again. Jesus took everything on him. He took everything away from us that would keep us away from God. We never have to be apart from him again. Sometimes the thing we do make us feel guilty, make us think that God's mad at us, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. God is like, he's, he's like this. Come on, son. Come on back. Even, even when we're not looking for him, he's standing there. Here I am. Come on. Come on back. To the ones that have strayed, he's saying, come on back. To the ones that never have really experienced me, he said, come on and try me. I'm here. Hallelujah. I'm here. He says, come, I'm here. The prodigal son, what was the, the father was doing, he was sitting there, he was looking, he was looking for him because he desired that relationship with his son. He seen the son and he didn't all only just see him, tell him to go get this done, go get that done. He starts running to him. He goes in there and grabs a coat out of the closet, grabs a ring out of the jewelry box and goes in there and places a ring on his finger, a coat on his back and says, Come, welcome home son, you've returned. Let's have a celebration. That is the God we serve. He is not a God that's looking down on us that when we mess up, he's disappointed in us. He loves us. He gets disappointed when we do things that, that, are not, that don't line up his word, but he's not disappointed in us. He's disappointed for us because he knows that disappointment and that, that feeling of guilt and that sin that sometimes we let in our lives It drives a wedge between us and him because we let it, not he lets it. But he is not a God that that is just sitting back waiting to crack your fingers when you mess up. He is a loving God. He is the only living God. He is the God, the God of gods. He is the most high. And he wants relationship with each and every one of us. A personal relationship. Not just a relationship like we have now in a corporate setting, but he wants that one. when you're driving home today in your car. That's the time he wants with you. When you get out, go eating dinner, sitting down on your lunch break, when you're at work, that's the time that he wants with you. To always be meditating on that word. The choice is up to us. The truth has already been sown. Also, the truth is sown because... The word uh, John chapter 1 says in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God and then it says the word was made flesh so he sowed his word made it flesh and walked amongst us that we might have life and have life more abundant that's what the word says he wants us to have life and have life more abundant but it is our choice. It's our choice. Say, it's my choice. It's It's not up to anyone else but me. It's up to me. My walk with with God, my relationship with God is up to me. And I just declare over each and every one of us today that these thorns and these thistles and the cares of this world will not come and choke out this living, breathing, walking, talking, truth, living Word of God in our life. I declare a hundredfold increase on each and every one of us. But it takes effort. It takes, it takes commitment. It's not something that's just going to happen. I don't care how many times you say I'm, I'm going to start reading my Bible today. I'm going to start meditating on the Word today. If you don't do it, you just you're just not doing it. And there's nobody else to blame but ourselves. But guess what? Whenever whenever you turn that page, whenever you make that decision, God is like, "Come on, son. Come on, daughter. I've been waiting on you. Where you? i been. I can't. I'm so excited." <laughs> That you decided to spend time with me today. I'm just so thankful that you come and spend time with me today. Just, this just tickles my heart. That's what he said. I can promise you it is. That's what he said. So I'm not going to hold any more of your time. I hope I hadn't confused you. I hope I hadn't rambled. But I just wanted to know that we serve a living God. We serve a God that has already sown everything in to us that we need, but it's up to us to tap into that. It's up to us to take it to the next level. It's up to us what we do with it. It's up to us how it affects us. It's up to us to receive that 30, that 60, that 100-fold return on his word. And like I said earlier, when, when we are meditating. When we are in this word, when we are living this word, it's not only affecting us, but it's affecting everybody around you. There was uh, my daddy, and I'll, I'll tell this story right here, and, and I'll close, and Brother Langston, I'm going to bring you up to pray or speak, whatever, whatever the Lord leads on your heart to close us out, but he drove a truck for Firestone in Albany for 23, 25 years, something like that, and He has probably touched more of those drivers' lives over there than than just by living his life, not by telling them if they don't change their ways, they're going to go to hell, or not by telling them that, you know, if you don't do this or don't do that, you know, God's going to get you. He didn't do that. But what he did, he lived his life according to what this word says. I can remember when I was in school, uh, when he wasn't on the road and, and working uh, another job, usually about five o'clock in the morning, I'd hear something in the in the living room. It was Daddy sitting in there with one lamp on, sitting in a recliner like this every morning. I can see it just just like I'm looking at y'all every morning. He was in that word. And he didn't just read that word just to ease his conscience. He read that word because he wanted to know more about God. He wanted more out of life, and he's still reading that word today. There's no telling how many times he's read the Bible through, but he still reads it every every day. Studies the word, meditates on the word, and and his life is there. There's fruit on that tree. There's a hundredfold, thirty, sixty, ninety. 204 return on some of the things you know the way he lived his life but there is a ministry in Albany I don't know if the guy is still at the church now or not but he you know as far as uh, mine and your standards and world standards <clears throat> he wasn't preacher material okay <laughs> we just put it that way threw a guy out of a Two-story windows. I mean, just all kind of stuff. I, I got him to speak to our youth. This guy I'm talking about, but uh, you know, he, uh, daddy, led this guy to the Lord by not what he said, but the but the way he lived, the way he carried his life. He told me one day. He said. He said I knew. He said every time your daddy'd come around, he said I just felt funny. He said, hey, something about Timmy Spearman just made me just feel uneasy. He said, if I seen him coming, I'd go the other way. If we was driving and we, we were going the same place, I'd speed up or go a little slower so we wouldn't get there at the same time. Something about Timmy Spearman just made me feel just uneasy. He says, one day, he said, I was at a stop. And, he, and I was talking to this guy personally. He said, I was at a stop, unload some tires. he said, I'm up there in the trailer, ain't got no way out now except for the other end of the trailer. He said, I'm up there rolling tires out and there comes Timmy Spearman walking in the trailer and I ain't got nowhere to go. He said, I'm feeling uneasy. He said, you know what? He never condemned me. He never told me. All he said is, man, Jesus loves you and I do too. But that is, that is what we're talking about, that 30, that 60, that 104 return on this daily walk, this daily meditation. And the guy got saved and started a church in Albany because of the way one man lived his life. Not pushed his life on anybody, but the way he lived his life. But according to what the Word says, just living life, just being a friend, just being there. And and I'm telling you, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to just... Pat my daddy on the back, but that is an example that I know firsthand. And, and all those drivers over there that he worked with I'll tell you the same thing. I mean, he has impacted their lives just by the way he's lived his life. But this, this right here is the guidelines that he's lived his life by. And it has impacted people, more people than he knows, just because of the way he has lived his life. Because he made a decision when nobody else was, he made a decision to get into this Word and for it to affect him and to affect the people around him. And he not only not got in the Word just, just a little bit every day, but it's every day. He may not read the Bible every day, but I can promise you he's meditating on the Lord. He's meditating on something from the Lord every day. And he has changed people's lives. And then that that is the That's the increase that I'm talking about. Not only in our lives, but to take this word and apply it to our lives and let it affect our lives and in turn affect the lives around us. That is the 30, the 60, the 100-fold increase that the word is talking about. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just about us. The word says to whom much is given, much is required. So guys, just, I just pray in the name of Jesus, y'all just y'all hear my heart today, and that this word becomes just what it is, the living, breathing, living God in your lives. This word becomes the first thing that you do every day. This word becomes just not something that you need a word for when you're in trouble, but something that you just desire to dig into something that you can't get enough of. Something that this is this is the way you start your day or either this is the way you spend some part of your day studying, reading, meditating on this word because it will change your life. This word has the power, has the ability to change your life if you choose to let it. If you choose to let it but it's up to you. It's up to each and every one of us. If we're not happy with our life the way it is today, if we're not satisfied with, with where we're at, then you need to do something different than you've been doing. You need to change the way you've been doing things. And that's, that's not condemnation, that's just, that's, I'm talking to myself. I've, I've talked to Brother and There's things that God has placed in, in, in my life and the vision that he's placed in my life that I desire to see take place. I desire to see it manifest within. Amen. Okay? But is it, is it the timing yet? I don't know. But I don't want it to be because of me. I don't want to be the holdup, the reason things are not happening in my life. And it is timing a lot of times. But I want to make the things that matter matter. And this word matters. This word is, God, I'm telling you, I can't stress it enough. And I'm on a hush and let Brother Langston come up here. But this word is life-changing. Life-changing. This is from Genesis to Revelation. This is talking about the Son of God right here. From, From the front to the back. Everything. This is life changing God life changing life changing not only your life but others lives it is important I mean it's it's important so Father right now in the name of Jesus I just thank you for this time that we have Lord to come and just worship you today Lord to just just fellowship with you to fellowship with our brothers to fellowship with our sisters. Lord, to just hear from you, Father, and I just pray, Lord, that the words that have been spoken today, Father, I pray, Lord, that they take seed in your people's heart, Father. I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you have used me, God, and that I have portrayed this and, and got this, your word, Father, the importance of your word across to the people, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, right now that you just move on each and every one's heart, Father, to, to just... Lord, just desire, just desire more of you, God. Just desire a closer walk with you. Just to, just to desire it, just to be desiring a closer walk with you. Just to love you more, God. Just to fellowship with you more. And Father, I just pray, Lord, right now that there's anyone here, Lord, that has not received you as your Lord and Savior, that right now, in the name of Jesus, that you just move on their heart. I just, before I sat down, I just want to, has any, anybody in here hadn't received the Lord, Jesus, as Lord of their life? Nobody looking, nobody, whatever. Is anybody here want to accept Jesus as Lord of their life? Anybody? Uh, praise the Lord. Father, I just thank you for this day. And I give you all the glory. And I give you all the honor. And we just praise you in Jesus' name.